time on Poll Hub, in the midst of an historic week in American history, only the third time Congress has held presidential impeachment hearings, we have our new poll numbers on what Americans think about the process. The House, the President, the parties, all of it. Then Tamara Keith from our polling partner NPR joins to discuss the fifth Democratic debate held in Atlanta this week. It is a busy week. There's plenty to dissect and discuss. So let's get to it. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Poll Hub. I'm J.D. Dapper, Director of Innovation here at the Marist Poll. And I'm Barbara Carvalho, Director of the Marist Poll. And I'm Lee Marigoff, Director of the Marist College Institute for Public Opinion. We haven't seen this since the 90s, and of course, even more famously in, in the mid-70s, televised impeachment hearings on all the broadcast networks uh, all day yeah, long. everyone. That's Everyone, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of remarkable in our day and age. One of the things that stands out to me is that we're, we have such bifurcated media, and we see media in so many different places, and we don't share the same diet of media at all, and yet this is actually a shared experience because if you only read Breitbart and watch Fox News, you're getting impeachment. If you only watch MSNBC and and, and you only are going to, you know, you're going to be seeing impeachment. So we have been out in the field asking Americans what they think of this. A, A caveat is that when when did we come out of the field on this? Uh, yeah, we um, we actually the poll was between um, November 11th, so that was Veterans Day, yep. and uh, later that week the 15th. So this doesn't include this particular week where there have been a lot of you know, some people think bombshells, uh, but there's certainly been a lot of big testimony. Whether that changes anything, we'll see. But that's just a caveat before we get started. So what have we found? Uh, I mean, I think we found what. Th- we might have expected in that this is all about Donald Trump. The presidency of Donald Trump has been very polarized along party lines. And the questions about impeachment and the proceedings really have taken place in that context. So we're finding a split and we're finding it along party lines. And the people who think they're you know, moving in the direction of you know, not to impeach Donald Trump well, those are the people, same number, 41%, who also approve of the job he's doing. So I guess in, in a nutshell, you'd say it's all about Donald Trump, both for good and for bad in terms of public opinion. You know, one of the things we found was that, uh, first of all, a lot of Americans are watching and following mm-hmm. the testimony. Maybe not watching hour by hour, but they're certainly following it on whatever media sources um, uh, they they turn to for news. So we found, I think, almost two-thirds um, of Americans, more than two-thirds of Americans, are, are following it. Um, one of the th- interesting things about who's following it is that Democrats are slightly more likely uh, to be intrigued uh, by the day-to-day um, testimony um, and uh, things that are that are being presented, but certainly a very large proportion um, of Republicans are are as well. Eighty eight percent of Americans overall said that they felt that the testimony itself altered their view about the impeachment. But we drilled down a little bit to figure out, well, what exactly does that mean? Well, 47% of them said, well, it made them more likely to support impeachment. And 41% said it made them less likely to support impeachment. And not surprisingly, when we continued to figure out, well, you know, what's going on, um, an interesting insight. It seems that When they talk about when people talk about the testimony altering their view, it seems to be altering the intensity 
of their view, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the position that they went in having. So they're, so hardening, are, they're hardening the views that they so, already hold. So what does that end up meaning, though? I mean, what's the if people are hardened, we thought people are hardened already, right? Yeah. Donald Trump's approval rating hasn't essentially changed uh, over the course of his presidency. If it were even harder in our corners, what, what does that mean? I, I think it means there's not a lot of, well, we're looking at the evidence that's being presented in this testimony. It's more like we're rooting for my side. So, you know, if you're a Democrat, you're cheering this on. This is a serious matter, and we have to get to the bottom of this. If you're a Republican, you're saying, well, this is all about politics, and, you know, they're just a hoax, and they're digging up a lot of stuff that— may not raise to the level of impeachment because there was one question that we did ask that I thought was I thought was very interesting and perhaps surprising in this is whether a president who has involved uh, or enlisted a foreign power sought help from a foreign to, power to, 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 to uh, yeah. affect a president US election whether that's acceptable or not and here you had 70% of Americans say that's not acceptable only 26% said it was even 37% of Republicans don't think it's acceptable. So what's with those Republicans? Well, they don't like maybe what went on, uh, but they don't think it, it is impeachable. It, or, it, or they've seen it framed uh, successfully by some of the Republican House well, members yeah, as, gonna, yeah. as, did he do that? No, he didn't do that. I mean, their argument is, yes, that's wrong. And he actually didn't do that. There, you know, there was no quid pro quo or there, there, the, the aid was delivered. And there was never sure. uh, an announcement by the Ukrainian government. So, it, it's, so, so it's unacceptable, but it's unacceptable. But no he didn't do gun. it. No right. That he gun. didn't do it. Well, so. also, I mean, I, I know we have this whole kind of sense of tribe and rooting for one side or the other. But I also think that people are are coming to this just looking at it from a different partisan lens. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's necessarily surprising, given the fact that we do get our information um, from different sources, from different media sources, and we 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 hear different uh, arguments, um, and so I think it's I think it becomes very difficult to parse out the facts. I know Lee, you're always fond of 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 using the analogy of well, you know, you know, if someone says it's raining and someone says you know it's it's sunny outside. We should all just walk outside and see whether it's it's sunny or, or raining. Yeah. Um, but I think it, I think it becomes really difficult when you are determining the law, what is legal, and in this instance, what is impeachable. So what what about independents? So we know that Republicans have hardened, Democrats have hardened. There's no real surprise there. Even after this week, I I, I personally would be really surprised if if these numbers changed, even after this week of, of what many consider to be really dramatic testimony, we just, I mean, Donald Trump said he could walk into the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and his supporters wouldn't leave him. And, and that was a joke in 2016. And it seems to almost be true now. Mm-hmm. What about independence, though? No, I think there's a lot of division among independents. I think there are some perhaps there, if there is any movement as a result of what's going it on this week, it's more likely to be them. And that is not necessarily looking ahead, going to get Republicans in the Senate or in the House, for that matter, to jump ship and, you know, get rid of 
President Trump, uh, because right now they're looking at that base, and that base is very powerful and still connected to Donald Trump. That keeps the Senate right. very loyal. And when we talk about independence, remember, independence, most independents are still coming to the table with a partisan lens. They are weak partisans, but they do tend to lean one way or the other. Now, they can change which way they lean um, because they are independent, and so they tend to be on the, you know, on the cusp, but still they, they tend to they tend to lean one way or the other. I think one of the questions that we asked was whether um, people felt that there was anything that could happen in this testimony uh, that would change their minds. And we found that uh, um, quite a, a large proportion of Americans, uh, two in three, 65 percent, actually said there wouldn't be any development. I'm done. I've had. I'm done. Just still watching. That would sway their position. But but one thing that was interesting, if we look at the 30 percent of mm -hmm. people who said that they that could be persuaded, chance, yeah. right? Um, almost 40 percent of those were independents. So there, there are persuadables out there. So if you're the Democratic Party and you're doing this, uh, you're going through this impeachment, a lot of people have talked about it being for the base. You, eventually you have mm -hmm. to do this. But is, is there some value that we're seeing, a potential value in persuading independents? Because these independents, these self-identified independents, they are largely those suburban districts, yep. exurban well, districts well, that have trended D over the last three yeah. years. And we started talking about, well, this is all about Donald Trump. Yeah, it may be all about Donald Trump, but it's also really about 2020 and the re-election of the Congress, the, the third of the Senate, and the president. And, the president, and yeah. if, you know, let's not accuse the folks in Washington of being political when it comes to what? an election. I'm or shocked. an impeachment proceeding shocked. for that matter. Um, I would like to add one thing, though. Back, you mentioned Watergate. Back in, you know, that took a long time to cook that meal. I mean, that was brewing and brewing and brewing. And then even close to the resignation, the president, Nixon, still had a more positive job performance. I mean, it was really in the eighth or ninth innings that that went south on him. Uh, this is actually, even though people now move a lot quicker and, you know, there's, oh, this is moving too slowly. Uh, this is still perhaps a developing story, even if most Americans have chosen sides. Well, but also if we if we go back to the, uh, the idea that everybody is going to be looking forward to 2020, and I think there were a number of folks that felt that the Democrats were taking a risk by even bringing this up. Um, I suspect that they were pretty much encouraged by the recent uh, state elections that we just saw a few weeks ago um, in, in, in Louisiana and Kentucky and, and even Virginia. Um, so it still remains to be seen whether this is a cost for Democrats. It certainly isn't among their base. It was a no-brainer when it came to their base. Um, they they need Needed to do that going into the into the primaries, but um, it's. I think it is interesting, Jay, that you talk about the um, the suburbs, the exurban areas. Um, those are places where you do see moderate Republicans, even if you don't see them in Washington. Um, it is where you see uh, more independent voters. And those are the places where uh, Democrats have been making inroads, and they've also made inroads in some very red states this yeah. uh, this time. So as assuming that, that it's going to be a heavy lift to uh, to uh, have the president leave office via the Senate, route the Senate saying you, you have to leave if, if indeed he was impeached, the, the, uh, the thing that strikes me as most interesting is that this 
is the first story to really have taken the Democratic primary political story off the front pages yeah, back to right. back to Trump. And that where these come together, which is in another month or so when we're getting gearing up for Iowa, it'll just be interesting to see uh, where impeachment kind of lies in the American ma- imagination at that point, no matter what has happened uh, and how much is looking forward at, hey, who are these new people who want to be president versus looking at this uh, this particular case of, of Donald Trump and the partisanship, the hard partisanship that we've seen over the last few years. So we are delighted right now to turn to uh, Tamara Keith, White House correspondent for NPR since 2014, and she co-hosts the NPR Politics podcast, and we are thrilled to have you in Poughkeepsie. It's wonderful to be here. This is some sort of podcast uh, crossover situation. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. We were happy to do the other two at some point if you want, but that's your choice. (laughs) You you are very kind to be here in Poughkeepsie to speak with students in uh, in Lee's uh, class tonight. Lee, actually, and our executive producer, Mary's class. Um, Now, is this your first trip to the Hudson Valley? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, my friend lives in Red Hook. I don't know if that's also in the Hudson Valley yes, because my is. geography is it very is. poor. No. But uh, we uh, we used to go up there uh, Labor Day uh, every every couple of years because they have a big pig roast. Oh, oh my goodness! Wow. And, and, and places in that do they part do have they raise? I mean, do they? Just, I know we're going to get to politics, and I can just, I mean, I'm not even looking at Mary the, right now. But do they? Uh, they cook it in the ground. Oh, Ooh. oh, it's very amazing! And then we also at times have gone up to do maple sugaring. Oh, yes. uh, very, okay. very that, exciting. That, yeah. My, yeah, and that is uh, that is that is a very popular activity. So, Bob, anything so, on your mind in the political well, world? Well, just <laughs> you know, I know, and I know it's been a really boring week in yes. uh, Washington again uh, this week. Not much going on. Just impeachment testimony. Uh, we've had a Democratic debate in in Georgia. Uh, so, um, you know, we're we're fresh off the the Democratic debate. So, what what's your take? Um, did the did the the debate change uh, the, this latest debate, which was the NBC one, um, kind of changed the Democratic electoral landscape in any way? I'm not convinced that any of the debates have really thoroughly changed the electoral landscape in any way. There have been a couple of times where we've come out of a debate and thought, oh, that person is on the rise, mm. Kamala Harris most notably, mm. in and yeah. in the beginning. And, and it didn't register the way that I think a lot of people watching it thought it would register. Um, And then ever since sort of riding out of that debate, riding high out of that debate, her campaign has not been able to um, elevate. Um, And, you know, what was interesting about this one is that um, sort of the way it was set up, the way it was structured, there, there were not a lot of the questions that we've seen in other debates where they were like, so-and-so said something nasty about you. What do you have to say? So they weren't really baiting them into fighting in the same way, uh, which I think led to less combat. Yeah, it uh, didn't have the, that you know, the rebuttal. You get 22 seconds to now give your rebuttal. They didn't do that, so it also did not get too Well, feisty. also, Mayor Pete was supposed to be, I think, the target, or was the anticipated target because of his rise in the latest Iowa polls, but right. that didn't really seem to come to pass either. It Although, didn't It didn't really pan yeah. out. You know, one other thing that I would say is that um, uh, the people in the poll, uh, the people in the uh, debate prediction business have not always 
been very good at actually predicting what ultimately <laughs> happened in the debate. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, certainly, like, I uh, could put myself in the group of people in the debate prediction business where you're like, well, what I'm looking for, I, I, I'm not going to say what I think will happen, but I what I was kind of anticipating or yeah, what were you wondering might happen was I was expecting that people would take aim at Pete Buttigieg because yeah. he was rising, is rising in these polls. Mm -hmm. um, and and it didn't really materialize. I mean, you there know. There was a little bit about him, you know, he had the, I'm not the Washington person, I'm the mayor. And that, there was a little bit of that. Was thing. there yeah, anything was little... you didn't expect about one of the candidates? Did, did Do you feel that perhaps voters learned something about one of them that they may not have known before? Um. Uh, well, I, you know, that's a good question, and I don't have a good answer. The hard part is knowing how closely voters have been following this. Yeah. Um, because, um, at, you know, uh, for instance, Amy Klobuchar uh, told this great joke about, well, when I was running for the first time, you know, I had to raise money from all of my ex-boyfriends. I raised $17,000 yes. <laughs> from ex-boyfriends or whatever the number is. I have heard that story uh, so many times. Uh -huh. the, the, and, the curse of the media where you have to kind of get the jokes and you kind of hum along with them. Yeah, and, and she's got jokes. Um, but if you follow her campaign, you know, you interview her, mm. you, will, you will learn the jokes. And so a lot of people were like, oh, wow, that's funny and new. And f for me, it, it was funny, but it wasn't new. Yeah. Do you think the debates have <laughs> the purpose funny. that they intend? In other words, to give voters a sense of who these people are and what they think on the issues? Or is it really just the stump speeches that we're seeing? Well, and, and some of the candidates were particularly good at... Um, just always rotating to their stump speech. Or mm. or when Pete Buttigieg was criticized for inexperience, uh, I have interviewed him before and uh, seen his stump speech, and I have heard him say what he said in the debate before, um, <laughs> more than once. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Are there any that are more candid um, in an interview setting? That's a good question. I mean, we we have interviewed through with the NPR Politics Podcast, and I would recommend that your listeners go look up these interviews Absolutely. we did over the summer. Absolutely. We're fans, too. We mm. interviewed all of the major candidates. Uh, we we interviewed um, everyone on that stage, I believe, other than uh, Tom Steyer, because um, he, wasn't he wasn't really in yet um, mm -hmm. when we were launching it, uh, and he hadn't been on a debate stage before. Yeah, I think the challenge with these debates is that they are, um, there's just too many of them, and and mm. it's hard. Um, with, with the interviews, we were trying to find human aspects mm -hmm. of them. I mean, everybody's right. very well rehearsed. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, because um, as someone who, you know, in the White House correspondence and, 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 and also someone who's, as you say, has interviewed all these candidates— is there something about these people, any of them, that we don't see in the public eye that you see when you're kind of like talking to them, maybe even off camera, some of them funnier than we su suspect? Uh, you know, they used to say Hillary Clinton had a great sense of humor, but that wasn't necessarily seen a lot. Uh, it wasn't seen by the press corps who spent yeah. uh, most of their lives in the year of 2016 on a plane or following her around. It, like, you know, uh, I think a lot of them have a hard time um, breaking down that barrier. Like, they, they're always on the record. Mm. And, you know, like, the difference between on the record and off the record can be a very big difference. But they... 
they're always on the record. They don't want to go there. Yeah, yeah. and and it, like for instance, uh, I don't know um, if you saw the documentary about Mitt Romney that followed him throughout his 2012 campaign. Mm. And I think that if voters had seen that documentary before the election, they would have had a completely different perception of who he was. Yeah, absolutely. But that sort of behind the scenes is it's hard to it's hard to see. And it's interesting the judgments they make about their personalities and their backgrounds and what the public does get to see as part of their strategy. And perhaps in Mitt Romney's case, they didn't make the the best decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's tough to know. All of them are guarding something. Um, I, I, and, you know, as, as someone who is on television or on the radio and has a public life, um, mm. there's stuff I guard, too. Um, I think that's natural. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you want something for yourself and your family. And also, yeah. it, can get, it can get very, very vicious. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. But um, actually, the, the Democratic candidates have had a tough time rising above some of the other stories that um, have been coming out of Washington Speaking specifically. Of stories, yeah. Well, uh, particularly, you know, the impeachment testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what is it that you think we can e- expect from what has gone on, particularly this week when we saw the, the Sondland uh, testimony and also the testimony of, you know, other administration officials? Well, so, uh, Funny side note, uh, my colleagues who are fully dedicated to the campaign, I, I'm covering the White House and the reelect, but right now on the road to the reelect is an impeachment. So I'm basically full time oh. impeachment. Wow. Um, a little campaign, mostly impeachment. But my colleagues who were covering the campaign were like, oh, now we fi- finally somebody's with the debate. Finally, somebody's going to pay attention to this other news right. that we're covering. This <laughs> yeah, other big story. Exactly. I mean, these are two gigantic stories. This is a a mm. Sharknado. This is like two things happening mm. at once that have never happened at the same time yeah. before. Is there any anything that can move public opinion? Not in the Democratic field, but as far as the impeachment, because as we've seen in our Marist NPR PBS polls. Things are locked in. So do you feel there's yeah, still it's some more, play in this? Yeah, it's more about, uh, it's really more about intensity of mm. people's positions rather than persuading them to one side or the other. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I don't know what might move people. Certainly there has been some incredibly compelling testimony this week. Um, incredibly compelling. Uh, and and I, all the people who say, oh, this stuff is boring, I mean, I guess, I mean, I am a fan of C-SPAN, but uh, I, I don't find this <laughs> I think boring you're, yeah, at all. You're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what it will take to move people. There, um, There's this sense of widespread agreement. I mean, in our, in our poll, uh, 70% of people said that they thought that what the president did was improper, that it's improper for a president to ask uh, another country to investigate a political rival, a domestic political rival. But the question is not whether it's improper. The question is whether it's impeachable. And that's where the, the usual lines are being drawn. Um, I was talking to a, a Trump ally who said that he thought that if Republicans stuck together in the House, that then there would be absolutely no pressure on, you know, squishy Republicans in the Senate 
to break from the party line. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was, I think, a significant moment today during the hearing when Will Hurd, um, who is a repi- retiring Republican, are retiring mm-hmm. Texas, mm-hmm. Um, who has been more moderate, said, uh, made it pretty clear, he didn't say exactly these words, but he made it pretty clear he doesn't think that this is impeachable or he doesn't plan to vote for impeachment. And if any Republican in the House was going to be squishy, it would, it would be him. someone like it him. him. Right. Is, it, is, it all, is it all partisan lens at this point in terms of perspective um, in Washington on impeachment that basically it's Republicans just feel this is not impeachable, Democrats feel that it is impeachable and there's really nothing um, in between? You know, there, there are certainly the people who believe it's improper and wanted it to be teased out or investigated. But those those Republicans who say they want it investigated, I think, have process complaints with the way it's being investigated, which hardens them to the party line. Mm -hmm. Now, before you, we're we're delighted to have you here and to meet with our students shortly. Um, But before we were talking about something dear to your heart, and that's the bad news babes. And I thought maybe we (laughs) I just don't think we should let you go without humming a few bars about that. <laughs> do you have an hour? No. <laughs> we could do this a weekly. Uh... <laughs> so the Bad News Babes are the uh, the media team, the uh, the members of Congress. It's it's basically female members of Congress versus female members of the press. Um, it is one game a year. It is a charity fundraiser for the um, for the Young uh, Survival Coalition. Um, and it, um, I and this believe, is softball. This is softball. That's an important note. This is softball, <laughs> slow pitch softball. We've got awesome uniforms. Um, but what I think is most important about this game, other than raising uh, money for cancer, which is very important, but is the fact that the the congressional women's team by by being by by us media people getting together and practicing at seven a.m. Uh, for two months. Um, wow. For this one This is not this is commitment. Game, this is commitment by doing that we are giving a proper rival to the women of Congress who play on a bipartisan team. Oh. Uh, and it is one of the rare bipartisan it's the only gatherings. It. It's it's what we've got. And and I think that uh you know it uh it is good for our democracy to have this softball game. And your position? I play catcher. Wow. Okay, That's and a, and the pitchers for your team? My uh, the pitcher for our team is Amy Walter, who um, is <laughs> ah, a friend. Boy, this this the, yeah, this politics sounds... Monday lives exactly. <laughs> yes, and uh, politics <laughs> Monday is the segment that Amy and I do every week on the PBS NewsHour. So there you go, there you go, and pitching and catching and whatever. I wouldn't be on the PBS NewsHour without the softball team. No, that. There's a twist. Now, how did, I mean, how did that work? It's networking. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anyway, awesome. Very happy to have you here. We're sure going to have a good time with uh, dinner and our seminar with the students. And uh, thank you for coming to Poughkeepsie. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And that'll do it for this edition of Poll Hub. Poll Hub is a production of the Marist Poll at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mary Griffith is our executive producer. Ashley Seriano sitting in the producer's chair today. Woo-woo. Thank you. And Casey Schaff is our editor. 
she kept us on time. I mean, I just wanted to comment on that. We Ooh, were, don't let's not tell Mary. We were scared to go over, but we wanted to also thank the Roper Center Archives at Cornell University, who provide us with the ability to look at survey questions over the years. Trend data, we always love that. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to us on social media. We're on Maris Poll, Twitter, Maris Poll on Facebook and Instagram. Some of those I actually do. Yeah, not bad. I'm, I'm not, getting there. I'm getting there. I think I'm yeah. three out of four, two out of three. I'm getting there. And if you want to learn a lot more about polling and the things we talk about each week, check out our online learning platform, the Marist Poll Academy. It's visual, engaging, and it's free. What's not to love about that? Mm. Finally, if you like what you hear on Poll Hub, please consider leaving a review on your podcasting app of choice. Positive reviews help others find us. And while we're at it, please go ahead and subscribe. Thank you.